You know, as we were um, studying in our Bible study, we're in First Corinthians, and um, you know, part of the Corinthian church, they were a sectarian church, or they were divided up into camps, and they would say, you know, I really like Apollos' preaching. Or some would say, I really like Cephas, or I like Peter's preaching. Another would say, oh, I really like Paul. And others would say, I'm of Jesus. And everybody had their little segment, and they would, you know, go off into their little groups. And this is what it says in the book of 1 Corinthians 3, verse 5. It says, who then is Paul? Who is Apollos, but ministers through whom you believed? And as the Lord gave each one, I planted, Apollos watered, but God gave the increase. So then neither is he who plants is anything, nor he who waters, but God who gives the increase. Now he who plants, he will, who are waters are one, and each one will receive his own reward according to his own labor. labor. For we are God's fellow workers, we are God's field, you are God's building. According to the grace of God which is given to me, a wise master builder, I have laid the foundation, and another builds on it. But let each one take heed how he builds." So he's making a comparison between the, the uh, planting, the watering, and the tending, but God is the one who gives the increase. God is the one who's in charge of giving increase. You know, I was blessed this morning um, that we're outside here, and um, the Ash family brought this little <laughs> chameleon cage, and we had a Jackson chameleon that I think Werner you got for them, and they knew that it was a pregnant chameleon. And I was talking to Pastor Tyler out there this morning. He says, yeah, we, we, we're the proud parents of 10 baby chameleons. <laughs> and he says, yeah, this thing, this chameleon wasn't very big. It was a female chameleon, and his stomach wasn't popped out too much. And then one morning we woke up, and Zeke came outside, and he goes, they gave birth, and there's 10 chameleons walking around in the cage. <laughs> That's amazing to me, a live birth, that these things just came out of this mother chameleon. And isn't that like God? Be fruitful and multiply. God is a God of multiplication. Amen? Like if we were to take a seed and plant it in the ground and wait the time that it would take for like an orange tree to grow, and then it wouldn't just be, oh, there's my orange. I planted a seed and I got an orange. But that tree would produce oranges. Right? A seed is fruitful. A seed has the ability to produce lots of fruit. This word of God is, is able to produce a lot of fruit. A lot. It's able to, when we plant it in the right environment, and we watch over it, and we're diligent, and God is the one. You know, we, we, somebody planted, somebody prepared the ground, somebody planted the seed, somebody watered it, but it's God who gives the increase. How does a seed, you ever thought about that? You look at a seed. How the heck is a tree within a seed? How is another fruit within a seed? It's an amazing thing. When, when, when my son was first born, I looked at that and I'm like, that's a miracle. And, you know, two parents come together and then all of a sudden you have another human there. It's just like, it's, it's like you scratch your head like, how is this possible? And yet God is able to do those sorts of things. How is it that somebody's life, when you hear the seed of this word, you hear the seed going out, the seed is being scattered, it's being thrown out there, and all of a sudden it falls on a ground that's prepared to receive that seed. And then all of a sudden there was a life that was formerly this, but all of a sudden now it's this, and it's growing, and it's being productive, and it's being fruitful, and it's producing something that's useful for other people. Whereas before it wasn't that, God is able to reproduce 
what he is able to reproduce. We're part of the process. And each one, it says that each one is in part in this process, whether you're watering, whether you're planting, whether you're tending, whether you're uh, pruning, whether whatever part of the process, it says that each one of us will receive a reward for our act in that service. But God is the one who gives the increase. And each one of us is a recipient of that life flow of the living uh, blood or this, this uh, sap of life that's flowing through us because we're connected to the vine and the roots go deep. The roots go deep, amen? Our roots are attached to Jesus Christ. God is seeking for fruit in each one of our lives. He says that if we produce fruit, that he'll prune us so that we'll produce more fruit. And if we're not producing fruit, he'll prune us so he will see fruit in our lives. Because God wants fruit. He wants to see fruitfulness. And, you know, just like that testimony like I shared with Jan, one of the things that is happening in us is sometimes we'll go through stuff, we'll go through hardship, we'll go through hard things, but God has an intention. God is looking down the line. We're like, ah, this is hard. It's hard right now. But there's something being developed. It even says in the book of Hebrews, it says those, if, we've, if we need to be disciplined, I'm not saying that was a disciplined thing, but sometimes there's discipline that comes in our lives, and it says that no discipline is pleasant at the moment, but it will produce the peaceable fruit of righteousness for those who have been trained by it. These are the different fruits. The, the fruit of the Spirit. We know those ones. Love, joy, peace, goodness, or long-suffering, goodness, kindness, gentleness, faithfulness, self-control. Those are fruit, but there's also the fruit of righteousness. There's also the fruit of patience. There's these things that are developed in our lives. It's the sap. As we abide in the Lord, these things are naturally flowing through us. And these, It might even be imperceptible to ourselves, but if we hang in there, we will produce fruit and it will be evident to other people. Amen? Remember, you ever uh, haven't seen somebody in a long time? And you look at them and then you say, wow, maybe they looked a little bit older, or they put on a little bit more weight, or they lost a little bit more hair. But you see yourself every day in the mirror and you don't really see the, the change. It's not perceptible. It's not like you go out in your garden, I'm going to go watch fruit grow. It doesn't happen. It's imperceptible. It takes time. It takes patience. You have to abide. This is the, 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 if you abide in me and my word abides in you, then fruit is being developed in us. You know, we have to abide. We have to put down roots. You know, there's a, there's a story in the book of Luke. Let's go to Luke 13. And it's, um, it's an interesting story because it's, it's highlighting this fact that the Lord is looking for fruitfulness. He's looking for fruitfulness in each one of us. And it's, it's sort of frightening, but it's encouraging also. <laughs> Wait, I went to the wrong book here, Luke 13. It says in Luke chapter uh, 13, verse 6, it says, He also spoke this parable. A certain man had a fig tree planted in his vineyard, and he came seeking fruit on it and found none. Then he said to the keeper of the vineyard, Look, for three years I have come seeking fruit on this fig tree and found none. Cut it down. Why does it use up the ground? But he answered and said to him, Sir, let it alone this year, also until I dig around it and fertilize it, and if it bears fruit, well. But if not, after that we'll cut it down. So look at the patience of the Lord. He's constantly desiring 
the fruit in our lives. He's looking for fruitfulness and he's patient with us. You know, so he's saying, he goes to the garden, he says, man, I've come three, looking for fruit three years on this tree and I haven't found anything. And he says, well, don't cut it down yet. Let's dig around it and let's fertilize it. And then after that, we'll see what happens. I find it strange that things that are producing fruit need to be tended. You know, it's so easy to grow weeds. Weeds just grow, right? But if you want something that's useful, it needs to be tended. It needs to be cultivated. You know, even in the book of Genesis, it says, be fruitful and then cultivate. I made, made you man to cultivate the earth and to dig around there. And then this other thing about the fertilizing. You know, back in the day when this was written, they didn't have a Walmart and you couldn't go down there and buy miracle Grow. You know, my, my flowers are, you know, my fruit trees are just not producing right now. I'm going to go down to Walmart and buy some miracle Grow. That's not what they used to do back in the day. What did they used to use back in the day for fertilizer? Doo-doo. <laughs> dung. It says in another translation, it says, let me dig around it and dung it. Dung it. Put some fertilizer from uh, cows or pigs or whatever they would use and dig around there, cultivate it into the, into the ground. You know, sometimes our lives can be messy. Life is not a sterile sort of proposition, if you notice. You think about the things that happen in life. God really took a chance with people when he made man. He just said, okay, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to create these people, and I don't want autom uh, you know, uh, Autobots, I don't want Automatons, I want people that are going to praise me from the depths of their heart. I'm going to put them into an environment where there's good things going on, but there's also a lot of bad things going on too. And I want to see the fruit of praise that would come from these people, that they would choose to praise me despite their circumstances at times, and through their circumstances at times, but I'm looking for that fruit. I'm looking for a people that would praise me in those times. You know, I really felt that this morning. When we were, you know, uh, that Dave, you exhorted us this morning. And he says, I have come here and have made a choice to praise the Lord. I'm sure if we went to this congregation, there would be many stories here about things that says, well, I don't feel like praising the Lord because thus and such. I'm almost sure that if we went through and, and, you know, talked to everybody here, there would be things that says, well, this really isn't happening right now. You know, I remember Pastor Sandy used to sing a song, you know, she led us in this song that says, I can stand outside the gates and never enter in, but I've made the choice to praise you. I've made the choice to enter in to praise you. Praise is not necessarily a feeling. Praise is a fruit that says, God, you're worthy of this. You're worthy of my presence here today. You're worthy of me to open up my lips and offer, offer up the sacrifice of praise. That is meaningful to God. And I think it's more meaningful for God when the feeling is so out of phase with what's coming out of your mouth. I've seen people praise and I know their circumstances that they're going through and it brings tears to my eyes because I know what it costs for them to be offering up that incense of praise at that moment. It blesses the Lord. That is fruit that God is looking for. That is fruitfulness. That's one of the fruits that God is looking for. Our praise to Him, our acknowledgement of His goodness, our acknowledgement that He's in control, even though I don't see in this fog right now. 
I don't see a way out of it. I don't see the answers to my prayers. I've been praying long. My heart is broken. But God, you are God. And you're in control of circumstances. You are in control of my life. Amen. Amen. That God is good. Even though there's times where we can't really see the goodness of the circumstances that we're going to. I don't understand. But you know what? I think that that dung right there is the fertilizer that can bring forth fruit in our lives. The very things that are stink and it's ugly and it's, ah, I don't want to deal with that. But if it's applied to the roots and we abide in him, eventually that will produce fruit. The messes that we make, we can take those, that dung that we've made and we can encourage other people through our mess that fertilizes these roots and brings forth fruit. Amen. Amen. Have you ever heard a testimony up here of somebody who failed greatly or, or came into a mess and they hung in there and they persevered through it and then God gives the victory and then the person brings this fruit before he brings a fruit basket and says, this is what I did, but God was faithful. Look at what he did. And don't we rejoice in that? That God brings that increase and then it elevates us as the congregation to a higher level to say, He is true. His word is true. I might not see it today. I might not see it next week. But God's word is true. It has the ability to reproduce. And if I hang in there, I will see the goodness of the Lord in the land of the living. It says, without faith, it's impossible to please God. But he who comes to God must first believe he is and is a rewarder of those who diligently seek him. That if we dig in when it gets tough and say, I'm not going to quit. How can I quit? I've seen too much goodness of the Lord. I've seen you do too many things. I can't quit. And it says in the book of Hebrews, like, not forsaking ourselves. But so much more as we see the day approach. The Lord is coming soon. But he has work for each one of us here at this time. That our lives are meaningful. Our lives are reproductive. Our lives can be a meaning, have meaning to somebody else who needs something that we have in this journey, in this process. That we can take the dung in our lives and put it on the ground and fertilize and cultivate. And it could produce something useful for the Lord and for us. Each one of us is in part of this process. Amen. The parable of the soils. Matthew 13, if we could go there. Yeah, Matthew 13, verse 1. Matthew 13. It says, On the same day Jesus went out of the house and he sat by the sea and a great multitude were gathered together to him so that he got into the boat and sat and the whole multitude stood on the shore when he spoke many things to them in parables saying behold a sower went out to sow and he sowed some fell uh, some seeds fell on the wayside and the birds came and devoured them some fell on the stony places where they did not have much earth and immediately sprang up because they had no depth of earth But when the sun was up, they were scorched, and because they had no root, they withered away. And some fell amongst the thorns, and the thorns sprang up and choked them. But others fell on the good ground and yielded a crop, some a hundredfold, some sixty, and some thirty. He who has ears to hear, let him hear. 
I think that each one of us got ears on our head. I mean, that's kind of a rare thing to not see somebody with ears. But Jesus is saying, those who have spiritual ears, listen to what I'm saying. He said that he would speak mysteries, hidden wisdom in parables, so that those who are truly seeking for wisdom would consider the words, and it says it would be hidden for the casual observer. I was just talking about, I don't know, fruit and seed. I don't, it doesn't make any sense to me. But when you stop and you think about what he's saying here, that it has depth. And this is a very familiar parable. Every one of us has heard this before, if you're familiar with the Bible. And he's going to explain it in verse 18. It says, Therefore, hear the parable of the sower. When anyone hears the word of the kingdom, and he does not understand it, the wicked one comes and snatches away what was sown in his heart. This is he who receives the seed by the wayside. So as this, this person is scattering the seeds, you know, the field is prepared over there and he's scattering the seeds like this and some of the seeds goes on the wayside and it's not cultivated and there's a lot of rocks and it's just sitting on the surface. It didn't drive into the earth. It didn't go into the heart. It just kind of bounced off and it's sitting on the surface. And immediately the highly mighty chickens come over there and peck the things off. And it never had a chance. It never had a chance. It's just like, that seed had a lot of potential. But the birds, which the Lord in his other parables always equate to the wicked one. He's like a bird who comes and he steals this thing. Never had a chance. It wasn't the right time. Then it goes on. Verse 20. But he received the seed on the stony places. This is he who hears the word and immediately receives it with joy. And yet he has no root in himself, but endures only for a while. For when tribulation or persecution arises of the word, immediately he stumbles. I think the key on that one is there's no root in himself. It was a real quick burst. It was a spurt up like this. But as the roots start to go down, boom, it hits a rock. And there's nothing there. And all of a sudden, there's tribulation or there's hardship that comes because of the word's sake, because of this seed's sake. And the thing all of a sudden withers. I've seen that happen. I've seen that happen with people where they're just like, yes, yes, and boom. And then all of a sudden, something comes their way. And all of a sudden, thing just dries up. Jesus said one of the qualifications of those, blessed are those who are not offended because of me. Did they do a little bit more searching? Did they do a little bit more cultivating to say that when you accept Christ, it's not a cakewalk. It's not all going to be easy. There's going to be trials. The world isn't going to herald you with, a, with a, a ticker tape parade because you've accepted Christ. In fact, you were going with the crowd and everything was good. And then when you said, I'm going to follow Jesus, you did a U-turn and you started going against the flow of the parade. And people are, whoa, whoa, what are you doing? Don't, don't do that. You're making me feel guilty. And they're not rejoicing you. And all of a sudden it's just like, I don't know if I want to keep on this parade. It's not as comfortable as I thought. And then you turn around and go back with the flow. That's the other result of that seed. They endure for a little while. But because of tribulation and persecution arises. For the word immediately they stumble. Verse 22. Now when he received the seed amongst the thorns... He who hears the word and the cares of the world and the deceitfulness of riches choke the word and he becomes unfruitful. 
So there's a stage of growth, and this is potential. You know, the, you know I, I have a lot of experience in uh, landscaping and growing things, and when you prepare the soil, you got potential for growth. Not only for what you want, but also for what you don't want. There's a lot of potential there, amen? And when you, when you prepare a soil, you till it up and you rake it out and you make it all nice and you just get the amount of, of organic matter in there and you keep it wet, there's going to be a lot of things growing there. But make sure what you want growing in there is good stuff. Because weeds want to grow. And weeds will grow up, and it says the weeds came up, and it choked out whatever was useful, it became unfruitful. We got to be careful in this world to be able to weed out those things that would choke out fruitfulness in our lives. And not every good thing is a good thing. There's the very best that God wants, and then there's the good things that would want to choke out the best things in our life. Make sure, we want to make sure that the things that we're investing our efforts in are things of eternity. What's the point? It says, do men gather uh, grapes from a thorn bush? We want to be a useful plant. We want to be a fruitful plant that would bear something worthy to other people to help other people with our lives. Amen? On the 23rd, 20, verse 23, but he who received the seed on the good ground is he who hears the word and understands it, who indeed bears fruit and produces some hundredfold, some sixty, and some thirty. So when we hear the word, God wants us to conceive the word by understanding what the word is saying. That's where the thing is getting a chance to conceive and the roots are going down. I like this, this illustration here. You know, that's, that's uh, like kindergarten 101. Everybody remembers, we're going to make a seed grow in kindergarten. So you take a little a napkin and you wet it and you put a seed in there and you watch it. And this, first it just busts open then it, it, it sends down a root, tap root, and then all of a sudden the leaf pops up. And oh, look, I grew a seed. It reminds me of those days, Amen. Every seed has the potential, and they got a pumpkin over there, so apparently that's a pumpkin seed. I don't know. I'm assuming. I don't know. I never grew a pumpkin before. But pumpkin seeds grow pumpkins. The Word of God will produce the fruit of God in our lives. Part of our job is to get into this Word and to get it into our spirit and to get it into our, our hearts so that this Word, we're meditating on it, we're gestating on it, and then God is bringing the increase. It might be imperceptible, but we're hearing it, we're thinking about it, we're meditating it, we're, we're allowing it to come into our, our eye gate and our ear gate, we're hearing it, and we're thinking, wow, that's what God is looking for in my life. That's what God wants me to be. And it takes understanding. We have the advantage of the Holy Spirit. Holy Spirit, I need help. Number one, to understand. Holy Spirit, I need help to understand this word. Give me the depths of this word here. And not only that, Holy Spirit, give me the ability to manifest this in my life. It's not enough just for us to hear it, but He wants it to be manifested in our actions. Amen? Give us the strength to produce fruit, to be fruitful, to see the fruits of our actions. You know, one of the words, you know, in regards to the offering this morning, it says, let us be mindful to meet urgent needs that we would not become unfruitful. So part is, if we have the ability to help and to do something, it says that we are to do that so that we would not become unfruitful. Given you shall be given, it shall be given unto you. We've seen that principle. 
The principle of reciprocity, it's a seed that develops as we, if we sow that seed, we will reproduce that seed. Amen? We'll see it in our own life. I love the story about that trapolid. I love hearing stories like that. You know, God's blessings. The ashes are giving people. And God gave back in kind. You know, plant a seed, receive the blessing. Amen? Jeremiah 17. Familiar with this scripture. One plants, one waters, but God gives the increase. God is a miraculous God able to do. I mean, just think about that, about planting a seed. If you really stop and think about it, there's so many things that you see every day and we take for granted, but they're truly miraculous. You know, you think about kids, you know, you see kids like, you know, they're so enamored with these um, Jackson chameleons over there. And that's like, ah, it's just a Jackson chameleon. And then that's pretty miraculous that this mother Jackson chameleon busts out a sack and all of a sudden 10 live Jacksons come out of there. And these kids are still like childlike that they're enamored with that. That they consider those things. And they look, I remember when I was a kid, those little, those little gray um, uh, sow bugs, you know, the ones that roll up in a ball. You just still like to play with them, open them up, let them crawl in you, hit them, they close up. It's like, wow, look at that, man. You know, just stuff like that. And then you look at it, when you really take the time to consider the creation of God, how amazing he is. How amazing he is. And he reproduces, and he reproduces these things. And he, he gives these things for our pleasure. And he wants to be glorified even in his creation. The book of uh, Romans talks about first and second chapters. That God is covetous of his creation. He says, I'm the one who created that. Don't attribute that to evolution or whoever. I'm the one who created that. And we get an idea of, of the splendor and the variety of God. You go down to uh, Home Depot and look at the orchids over there. And you're just like, Why? Why so many types of orchids? Why so many different types of ferns? Why so many types of... Because I'm God and I can. And he reproduces after its own kind. For us to wonder. You know, look at animals even. You look at animals. Sometimes I look on YouTube and there's animal videos on there. And some of these animals, the behavior, it just trips me out. It's like giving a little view of who God is by the nature of the animal. And each one has its own personality. And you're like, wow, that's detailed, man. They showed this weasel. They put like an animal on the bed and it looked threatening to him. And the weasel's all freaked out and he's jumping up in bed. He's hiding under the pillow. He's going over there and he's uh, jumping out like he's attacking and running back. And I'm thinking, that's just a trip. You know, God just ingrained into this animal all these characteristics. There's stuff under the ocean that nobody saw until Jacques Cousteau went down there and looked at it. And yet it was there for thousands of years. The variety of God. Jeremiah 17 verse 5. It says, Thus says the Lord, Curses the man who trusts in man, And makes flesh his strength, But whose heart departs from the Lord. For he shall be like a shrub, Or a scrub in the desert. <laughs> he shall be like a scrub in the desert, And shall not see the good when good comes. He shall inhabit the parched places in the wilderness, in the salt land, which is not inhabited. 
Blessed is the man who trusts in the Lord, whose hope is in the Lord. He shall be like a tree planted by waters, who spreads out its roots by the river, and will not fear when the heat comes. His leaf will be green, and will not be anxious in the year of drought, nor will he cease from yielding fruit. Hallelujah. That our root is attached to the life-giving God. Our root is attached to a resurrected God. Even when we die, we don't die. It says if we believe in Jesus Christ, we will never die. We have eternal life right now. That our root is attached. Isn't that good news? Hallelujah. In closing, I'm getting close to Colossians 1 through 9, or 1 9. This fruitful, uh, fruitful scriptures that I was looking at this morning. Colossians 1 9. The heading of this on my Bible says the preeminence of Christ. For this reason we also, since the day we heard it, do not cease to pray for you and to ask that you may be filled with the knowledge of his will in all wisdom and spiritual understanding, that you may walk worthy of the Lord, fully pleasing him, being fruitful in every good work and increasing in the knowledge of God, strengthened with all might according to his glorious power through all patience with long suffering, with joy. Here it is. That we may walk worthy, that our lives would have the conduct of the fruit of God, fully pleasing to the Lord, being fruitful in every good work. That God wants that fruit of his word is to be reproducing in our life, increasing in the knowledge of God. That's where it's developed. That's the water right there, increasing in the knowledge of God. If we're going to produce fruit, we first have to cultivate. That's to stir up our heart or to break up the fallow ground of our heart. To say, man, I've done it this way too long. Let's get out the hole. Let's start digging. And do what needs to be done. And then we water that thing with the water of the word. We use the very experiences of our life that the negative things, or maybe even somebody else, you hear a testimony of something that they went through and says, wow, that's good fertilizer for my soil. And the fruit of the Lord be developed within us as we meditate on that word. Increasing in the knowledge of God, strengthened with all might, according to his glorious power, for all patience and long-suffering with joy. Count it all joy. When you fall into various trials, knowing that our testing of our faith produces patience, let patience have its perfect worth, that we would be complete, not lacking anything. Yesterday I was tested. <laughs> I went downtown and I was trying to do some projects. And uh, I went and visited Makai at his paint store. And I said, I've been thinking about doing this forever. And I finally had a little gap in my time. And I go, I'm going to fix my car because it's, it's, there's rust holes in there. I'm going to fix it right now. And I go, I'm not, I got to know I got to get the paint right now so I can body work this car and then paint it after I'm done. And I go down there and he goes, ah, we just ran out of those cans that you need. They're not going to be in for three weeks. And I'm like, <sighs> I just, I've been waiting for this. I've been waiting for this opportunity. And they're not going to have this paint, these rattle cans for three weeks. So he goes, go down to the other shop over there. So I go down to the other shop over there. Oh, yeah, we ain't going to have them in until Monday. I was like, today is the day I can do this right now. And then I go down, and I'm, I'm, I'm in between a job right now. And they ran out of this artificial grass that I needed. So I ordered a, a roll of artificial grass. And I said, if the store gets it before they deliver this to my house, I'm going to cancel the order because they charged me for shipping. I'm going to go down there right now. 
Hallelujah, they have it in stock, the grass that I need. I'm going to just pick up this roll. I'm going to cancel my order. Go up to the desk. They says, oh no, you can't cancel your order. Even though the guy told me I could cancel my order, you can't cancel the order until the order comes and then you got to bring it back and then we'll cancel it and then we'll whatever. I'm like, right on. So my, my whole day is just, it's a mess. And so I come home and I go, it's time to eat. So I'm going to heat something up in the microwave and I, you know, put it on there. Boom, I put it on the microwave and the thing is running and all of a sudden I hear, beep, and the power goes off and I go, I don't know how long that thing's been in there. I have no idea whether it was five minutes or four minutes or what. And I don't, and so I go, and our power panel, the, the, the fuse box is behind this thing that we put on the wall to hide it. And you got to take all the things out to take the power panel off. And so I'm taking it off and I finally just couldn't take it no more. And I went, ah! And Gretchen was like, oh, what's wrong? <laughs> I couldn't take it no more, man. <laughs> the fruit went bad right there. <laughs> <laughs> and I went back and I, I hit the microwave again and by the time I, I heated that thing it was molten man I burned my tongue on it even because I put it on too long hallelujah so there's days when things don't go the way that we think but God is able to give us the grace to go through it despite that amen and when we do screw up and we blow a fuse, we just, Lord, forgive me for blowing the fuse. And help me, Lord, to stay online and to produce this peaceable fruit with joy. Help us, Lord. I think that's the high mark in the, in the walk of Lord, in the Lord, is to do this. And not just do it, but to do it with joy. Because I always see that's, that's connected. You know, I went through this trial, but it's producing the peaceable fruit of joy in my life. Or there's a connection between tribulation and joy. There's a jump that needs to be made. Lord, let that sap come up. That that would be the reaction in the heat of the trial. Amen? Because it isn't a natural reaction. That ain't natural. That's supernatural. Thank you, Lord. That Christ may dwell in our hearts through faith, that you be rooted and grounded in love. Rooted and grounded in love. That's the main one that keeps flowing out of us, or keeps flowing through us through Christ. That we be rooted and grounded in love. God's love flowing through us to produce this peaceable fruit. Let's pray.